With Whisk and Kev, coming to you live from Salisbury Center Studios in Manassas, Virginia, on the Wild Style Network. Happy Friday by Monster Energy. Happy Friday. Happy, happy Friday, man. And a good live music Friday. It is live music Friday here at the Salisbury Center. Yeah, we, we were talking. This is a show that was supposed to happen. This, this, uh, we, 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 I don't know if we call it a punk rock night. I don't know if we call it a hardcore night. I don't know if we Friday call it night metal. metal. Spotlight night metal. on metal. Exactly. But it was supposed to happen and we got snowed out yep. just about a month ago. Yep. But yep. now the snow is gone. It's like, what, 60, <laughs> 60 something? Right. right. Exactly right. Springtime. Right. The groundhog saw the shadow, right? Or did not see the did shadow. Did not see his shadow. So living you know, up to it all. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's spotlight on Friday. Uh, metal, metal night here at the Salisbury Center. And we got four great bands, and we're going to get them all in the studio. We'll chat them up. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we've got uh, Mock Zero. Yep. And then our friends, the Knuckleheads, who've yep. been on before. Yep. So we'll be chatting with them. And then uh, Motel Portrait. And then the headliner tonight is Cursor. Yes. Yeah, all good stuff. And so. we, we at least saw Mock Zero warming up, and I loved everything they were doing as yeah. they were doing their sound check. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Got to listen to some bits and pieces of all the bands earlier today, and it's a wide range of rock and metal and punk. Yeah. So, you know, if you got nothing to do tonight, come on down to the Salisbury Center because it's going to be great live music. Nothing beats live music, and you don't have a weather excuse, and there's still a little light in the sky. So, you know, shouldn't be in your jammies by now. You shouldn't, you should be still rolling and ready to go. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we've had a little bit of live music the last couple Fridays. You and I have. And I feel like we've, it's, I want to start by saying, I think it's really difficult already. If, like, we start thinking about superlatives early because it's only early February. It's early. Not even <laughs> mid-February. Exactly. Not even Valentine's Day hadn't even hit yet. Nope. And we got we to gotta figure out, like, all, what is the best of what we've been seeing? Because we've been seeing some really, really good stuff. Yep. And the best may have already happened. I know. I know. So, right. So, let's get into that. So, Kevin and I went and saw Extreme and Living Color. We saw that bill, Extreme being the headliner. And uh, we've had these tickets for a while. We brought our wives, so we yep. made an event out of it because yep. it was in a casino in West Virginia. Yep. And we had to, at least I did, had to fight the urge not to talk to you all <laughs> like for a solid 24-hour period. It did help that the wives were there because a lot of times they just don't want to hear this shit. Exactly. You know, like they're done. Like we can do it for 15 minutes and then they're done and they want to talk about more family-oriented type stuff. They're done with the metal sure. yeah. or the rock. But like when we go to M3, which we will, and that'll be yep. a full 24 hours of rock and 48 metal. 48 hours. We won't stop talking about it nope. like the entire time. Yep. So yeah, so I, we saved it. We were good, in other words, to this moment. We did. Yeah. Yeah. So where do you want to start? Uh, well, you know, obviously we've talked a couple times on the show, you know, we kept having extreme lined up at shows we were going to get to see. Yes. Yeah. And then for one reason or another, you know, some, you know, I think COVID happened one time to some member of the band or all the band or whatever. And we missed them that time. Uh-huh. And then uh, I think Nuno messed up his knee playing yes. pickup basketball. On the Monsters of Rock cruise. Yep. Yeah. So we missed him that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally we got to see him. And uh, I don't know about you, but, you know, been listening to him forever. First time I got to see him live. Yeah. So it's the third or fourth time that I've seen him live, but I've never seen him as a headlining act. 
So that was the first piece for me to see them play for two, two and a half hours at the energy that they played at. Right. And then, you know, so like that, and again, like I'm going to get into it, like where we have found or had a lot of discussions about aging rock bands and reliance on backing tracks and any type of, you know, supports either, you know, seen or unseen with vocals or with instrumentation. There was none of that for either of these two bands. Absolutely not. Or it was very, very well hidden. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. I don't it, believe it was it pretty was. evident. It was, there was no Memorex around. No, nothing. So it was what to me, what always draws me into going to a concert, which is high energy, you know, organic rock and roll. And that was for both bands. It yep, was that. Absolutely. And, and obviously we've, we've seen living color a bunch of times oh, yeah. and every single time they put on a great show. Yeah. And, and I, I think they get, I've, I feel like they've gotten better, you know, as, as some bands start to deteriorate with age and kind of the mold of like jazz or classic musicians. And I feel like they infuse a lot of jazz into the way that they play rock songs. And the other thing that strikes me, not only they become, and you know, my girlfriend who is a classically trained musician, she likes to use the word seasoned. So you go more seasoned with age. I feel they are seasoned. And they also, in a jazz kind of way, they don't play the song the same way, you know, when right. you see them again and again. So I, I you know, I, I had seen them the week before and they did a headlining show at a local, you know, venue here in yep. Leesburg, Virginia. And so people would ask me like, well, you must really love them. You know, you just saw them twice, like within a week. But the thing is, I saw them twice in a week and some of the songs were the same, but they weren't, they were different. And maybe that's a, you know, I'm not a deadhead, but it's almost like a grateful dead kind of thing too. Right. Like the people that will follow a band. Yeah. That's totally different. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But you're not seeing it. You're not seeing the same song, even if they're playing cult of personality, which is the course song everybody knows. I see it differently every time. And I like to see that change, you know, and the way that they're approaching it and the way that they're playing it, however they're feeling or whatever they're feeling that they're doing that night. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and kind of to the point of no backing tracks and whatnot, you know, the first, the beginning of the extreme set, what, everything was a little bit off. Yeah. And, you know, they just played through it, you know, like like in the older days for us. Yeah, know, yeah. You know, you didn't have a, a uh, reliance on backing tracks in some cases, but, you know, and they, they, they said, look, yeah, we're having a few technical difficulties, but yeah. we're going to roll with it. Yeah, and, and they know. did. And it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Nuno is outstanding. He is the Eddie Van Halen, I feel incarnate, you know, the closest yep, thing. To I would him. agree. Yeah. And it, you know, there was some talk that, you know, the, the, whether it was with Sammy or with Dave, you know, the kind of tribute to, to Eddie yeah. that was going to be done, you know, everyone was saying he should be the guy. Uh-huh. And, and I would agree, you know, he is definitely, you can tell Eddie was a major influence for him. Yep. It shows in his playing, but he takes it to a whole nother level. And yeah. it was, it was phenomenal. And so, you know, like along those lines, since we're talking Van Halen to say it, cause I could have gone off on a couple tangents, you know, with the, with the thoughts that, you know, that you're popping in my head as you were talking and listening to you, but I'll go to Gary Sharon, you know, as the third Van Halen singer. Right. Yep. And to me, the, you know, I, I think he was really just kind of, he got a bad rap you know, in that role, he's, because everything goes back to Sammy versus Dave, you know, in the Van Halen camp. And it's kind of like, then screw Gary Sharon because that album sucks. I don't think that you get like a strong Van Halen flavor like you did with David Lee Roth right. or a strong Van Halen flavor like you did with Sammy Hagar. It was just kind of a, 
an uncooked flavor with Gary Sharon. But when you see him live with Extreme, you see why they picked him. Yep. Because he's a bitchin' front man. Yep. Yep. An amazing Absolutely. front man. I mean, and it's not, you know, it's just his vocals are great, but it's also the show that he is performing as he's singing. He's just high energy and he's fun to watch and he's engaging. And, uh, you know, I go back, I was thinking too, just uh, that, you know, the great documentary we watched last year, the I Want to Rock, you know, that came out on Paramount Plus, the I Want to Rock documentary. And Nuno was interviewed heavily in that. There's a little sound check going on with punk rock. (laughs) I just heard that verse. But, uh, you know, it, it, it was it was really kind of a shame. It's kind of, it was kind of ironic that Nuno was so into Van Halen, and it was revealed that Gary Sharon was not, and he really had to kind of learn those songs. And you could kind of see that he would have been mismatched at first, right? But it's a shame he didn't get a chance to grow because I feel like that would have been a strong flavor of Van Halen that probably would have worked pretty well. Sure, and and yeah, it was certainly a different album with him, mm-hmm. but you know, I like that just as much as I liked all the other albums. Yeah. Yeah, and I got to get also, like, the other thoughts that popped in my head was about Nuno Betancourt in the time of year that we're in right now. And I think of last year's Super Bowl and how he was wasted at last year's Super Bowl. And I don't mean chemically wasted in a fun way. He stood on stage like a prop. He was a mannequin as Rihanna, is that how you say her name? Rihanna, Rihanna, and whoever she is. Like, obviously, I'm not, like, a fan. I mean, I'm a fan, I appreciate her, whatever, I'm, but I don't listen to her music or whatever, so I might be mispronouncing her name, so I'm sorry about that. But I was interested in seeing Nuno, and he's just standing there. She just kind of danced all around and did her thing. And I'm like, what a fucking waste. You have, like, one of the best guitar players on the planet, and he's not playing. And you're hearing backing tracks. <laughs> You know, at least for the music that she's well, putting up. Get used to it for this Sunday, too. I know. be a lot of that to go. I know. And it gets back, like, to me, to the D. Snyder. Remember, D. Uh, D. Snyder teed off. I think it was, like, what, 2016, 2017, a long time ago, before COVID, that, the uh, you know, it, it's the Super Bowl is just really missing a mark because all of the bands that they play during the regular season during the games are metal bands. And there should be a metal band playing, yeah. you know, because that's what the fans do want to hear. It's what they play during the games. Right. It's what everyone gets into. And and I don't know if you heard this, but um, at the NFC Championship game, Journey performed yeah. after the game. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm watching the post game and you can hear it. Yeah. And it's like, and I just thought, you know, they were playing their song, uh-huh. you know, in, in the PA while they were doing the post game. Uh-huh. And then a couple friends of mine that are huge journey fans were like, what the fuck journey's performing live. And they haven't shown them once <laughs> in the, right. in the stadium right. where they're doing the post game broadcast. Right. Like, well, you know, it's just, I, I don't get it. Yeah, I know. I know you miss some great opportunities. And, you know, I, I know that, you know, getting into a little bit into the Super Bowl and steering away from our show that yeah. we saw, you yeah, know, for sure. I remember the the you know the Britney Spears you know piece in the early two thousands, and and Aerosmith showed up. It's still a Britney Spears show at that point. Like, I'm, right. it's it's kind of cute, I guess, to see Steven Tyler like jump in there and chime well, out with Britney. But I'd rather see Aerosmith. Well, and I know it's about popular music and trying to you know cater to the people that are getting the most streams and and what they feel you know, ever, you know, more people want to watch, uh-huh. but without a doubt, the band that needs to do the halftime show soon is Metallica. Yeah. Because yeah. they, they are one of the most streamed artists on uh-huh. Spotify, on Apple music. Our producer just lit up and uh, they have been slighted on that. Uh-huh. And if they got the opportunity to do that, 
it would be huge. It's an obvious choice. Yeah. It's a very obvious and, choice. And I just don't know why it hasn't happened yet. Even like when we go to the institutions, we're about to talk about another institution a little bit, but we go to the, the institutions that can't get it right. And we go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, as Eddie Trunk calls the Rock and Roll Hall of Shame. They've even come to some level of acceptance with Metallica. And without knowing rock and metal and understanding it, they still can understand that the validity of Metallica and the popularity of Metallica. Right. <clears throat> so between those two things, I have no idea why they've never made any type of Super Bowl it's, appearance. And, and, and they, you know... They're one of the rock bands, you know, most of the other <clears throat> bigger rock bands have had their opportunity right. in, in that situation. They're deserving of it. And, and it, they would make a lot of money off of that. Yeah. Oh, sponsors yeah. and everybody. So right. right. Not, well, Metallica would get well paid too. But. Right. Right. And I know that, that, you know, you want diversity in fans, but I, I feel like that there is a lot of diverse groups, you know, that you see represented at a Metallica show. It's just not, you know, just a bunch of, you know, kind of aging white guys, you know, that are sitting there watching Metallica play. There are certainly that. <laughs> there are certainly that. But then there are other, no, I mean, it's a very, to me, a diverse group that shows up at those. And I think that there's, you know, cross-genre interest in music with Metallica specifically. And so there is a broader appeal that I think that's being missed. Yep. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, I'm trying uh, to think what else in that night. So I wanted to get back to Living Color. Yep. Um, you know, so, and all of those musicians, and you're getting back to that live piece. I think what's amazing about Living Color, and I would say this even about Extreme, but obviously I certainly am in love with Living Color. I'm a, I consider myself you know, a pretty rabid fan of the band. What impresses me about watching them live is nobody's weak. Nobody ever comes across as really missing anything or not fitting in that band. And like I said, that jazz approach, is they're free-forming, as Vernon Reed is, decides to go in a direction with the song, you know, you see, you know, uh, Will Cahoon will just feed off of that and play off of it. And everything stays together, even though the song's not the same. Um, so I, I just, uh, you know, I, I'm just so impressed over and over again with how those four can adjust and adapt and play and not have it be the same. And it really does come out like with a really, to me, an exceptional live human yep. music experience. Well, that just shows the level of their musicianship yes. and, and their ability. Yeah. And yeah, and, yeah, and it's free-forming to a certain extent. Right. It's that like, style, like you said. Yeah, that's a that's a jaw drop, I feel like. that. Maybe that's what I was going for. It's probably the easiest way to say it. I just said it the long way, but that's the short way. Yeah. I just sit there and like I just hear a song. I might have heard him play it live a bajillion times, but my jaw will drop when I hear it again. So big props. If you got yeah. the chance to live in color, it's a, it's a well-priced ticket, too. Yep. For Grab sure. the opportunity. Well, and you know, as, as Lou, our, our partner always says, everything always comes back to kicks. <laughs> and uh, the one yeah. thing I want to bring up that, right. from that point. show as well I'm is, glad you're bringing this um, you know, first it was great, you know, that we go out during intermission between living color mm -hmm. and, and uh, extreme. And then right in front of us is Mark Shanker and Bob Parre. Yeah. And then I saw Jimmy Chalfant as well. Yeah. So that was great, you know, seeing Kicks them out. The Kicks was in the crowd. Yeah. But not only that, Extreme took a moment during Nuno, Nuno yeah. during the show to recognize Kicks and the fact that not only that they were there, mm -hmm. but their contributions to rock. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that that was, I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah. And, uh, and then I saw some stuff on on social media, on some of the Kicks fan pages, and I think on Bob's page as well. Yeah, you know, they 
they got they met him either before or after we're backstage and sure. that, that that was it was really cool to see that it's like you know I, I, when if all roads lead back to kicks and i think that's why we talk about them so much and obviously they're they're local favorites here and we're locals you know in this area in the mid-atlantic region um with that band but it gets back to like the dio documentary and how we liked it so much and how we just like ronnie D- james dio so much it's the integrity and the authenticity right you know and that's always been a band with a high degree of integrity and authenticity. Yep. And you saw that to the very last show. So it's great that other bands obviously see that too and can recognize it and yep. call it to the, you know, the attention of everyone. Yeah. And it was fun. And you know, the other thing was in a crowd that from that area, not, not a lot of people were recognizing them either. Yeah. So yeah. they were able to enjoy the show yeah. and, and not have to, to deal with a lot of folks and, you know, that be kind fans. of stuff. So I, yeah, they got to be fans. Got to be so, fans. So that was cool too. Yeah. So like if we wanted to put in a plug for Bob, uh, Bob Parry and Mark Shanker, we can put in a plug for Sundogs, yep. the M3 Rock Festival. Absolutely. So if you're in the area, you know, and you haven't bought your M3 Rock Festival tickets yet, you will be seeing them. Are they Sunday? Uh, Sunday? I think they are Sunday. Yes. Yes. Yep. So they're opening the show on Sunday. Yep. And uh, for those that don't know, it's a Rush tribute band. And uh, they're awesome. Yeah. So and yep. Mark, the bassist, does the vocals. And I, I get the first question I typically get is like, he's pulling off Getty Lee, and hell yeah, he's pulling off Getty Lee. Sounds great. Yep. Yeah. So cool. looking forward to that too. All right. All right. So uh, take a little quick break and get some of the bands up. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. So we're gonna step away here, and uh, we should grab, be grab Mock Zero, Mock Zero, and we'll start chatting with the bands that are here at the Salisbury Center tonight for Spotlight on Friday night metal night here and we'll be right back on the stand up and shout rock show welcome in 